when we're speaking kind of on behalf of the publishers, but we aren't the publishers. You can't say, well, we give you permission to do this thing, but we know that generally the, the heart of those that we work with for the largest publishers in the world are saying, we just want churches to be able to continue worshiping and using our songs. and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministry, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the Director of Music Ministries and your host for this podcast. This podcast was developed to discuss and share ways to plan worship using the Common Lectionary, while creating worship series that are engaging, relevant, and adaptable for your church setting. However, during these unprecedented days of physical distancing and leading online worship, we have endeavored to provide conversations that share the challenges of producing online worship and finding ways to help those worshiping with us to stay engaged and feel connected, even from a distance. Today's episode is going to be a conversation with Jay Sudharma, Global Marketing Manager, and Nate Scott, the Director of Publisher and Songwriter Relations. They represent one of the largest copyright licensing companies, CCLI, Christian Copyright Licensing Incorporated. As churches have moved to offering more online worship services, the questions keep coming in as to what is legal to stream and what is not. I've asked Jay and Nate to address the broader question of copyrighted materials, who owns them, and who can give permission to use them for our worship, whether online or in person. Welcome, Jay and Nate. Can you tell us a little bit about what each of you do at CCLI? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Jay. I'm the Global Marketing Manager at CCLI, and I oversee all things marketing. Uh, globally for the company. Um, so if you've seen any of our videos, any of our interviews, or um, have seen any of our commercials or ads, that's all ran through my department. Um, creative direction and brand management fall under my team's responsibilities as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Hi, everyone. I'm Nate Scott with, uh, I'm the director of publisher and songwriter relations at CCLI. And my team works directly with the publishers and the labels to uh, receive the rights to um, license their works to churches. So my team interfaces with the publishers and the labels on a daily basis, registering new songs, um, gathering sheet music and other um, elements that can be used and licensed within um, our network of churches. Great. Thank you. Wow. Well, I'd be interested to know, um, since, you know, mid-March, since um, COVID-19 uh, took over and we had to quarantine and we are now physically distanced, how has your work changed at CCLI? Well, um, as you can imagine, we've been on a journey to find what our new normal is, and um, typically, uh, uh, globally, we 
have not worked remote. So we've had to figure out how to work remote pretty quickly. And um, it's actually worked really well for us. Um, and so we're all thankful and blessed that we are able to work remote and have the technology to be able to do that and for that to be a seamless process. Um, the other thing that really has changed for us is, um, as you can imagine, with churches trying to figure out how to connect with their congregation in these times, our streaming license, uh, the demand for that uh, went through the roof. And so um, just in a really short amount of time, we've rolled out a streaming license globally. So uh, we only had our streaming license in a couple regions around the world, but um, we were able to to meet the demand for it globally. And um, yeah, we did that in a, a relatively short amount of time, which which was really, really amazing to see. So um, that's, yeah, COVID, like everyone else, we're all trying to adjust and find our new normal. And uh, every week there's a new thing to work through, but we're, we're, we're doing it and uh, we're all healthy. And, um, you know, we thank God for that. Amen. Well, what about you, Nate, as you interface with publishers and, and writers, are you seeing an increase in what you're doing too? I, I think the big change has been uh, the openness of everyone that we're working with, the publishers and labels, uh, just to jump on, whether it's a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams call or on Skype and meet face-to-face -face where uh, in the past, it probably would have been a phone call um, or a very long email string or an in-face meeting when we visit Nashville um, a couple times a year. So in, in some ways, it's sped up some of the collaboration that we're having with publishers and songwriters and labels. And, um, and then personally, just as far as work, you know, I've found that at home, uh, rather than finding myself having to focus while being interrupted by coworkers, now it's my children um, <laughs> that are coming in and uh, trying to get some time, answer me, do some troubleshooting, that sort of thing. But it's it's been great. And we're blessed today to have the technology um, to be able to continue to work and serve the church. And really, our business has been able to, to continue on um, in spite of the circumstances. All right. Wow. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about, you know, um, this time has made us speed up the collaborate, the collaboration with each other. And that's what I'm seeing as well in the local church, that um, even though we're physically distanced, we're still really working hard at being community, um, be it in smaller groups, uh, be it on uh, online worship on Sundays, whatever. But I think um, this has really afforded us a neat opportunity to be more collaborative. And I really appreciate the work that both of you are doing because you're just like on the front line of this to help us uh, do our best at keep keeping connected with each other. Um, so and let's let me ask you um, to uh, before we get into specific questions, I want to ask you about the basic products that you provide your services at CCLI so that everyone has a common understanding um, of what these are. <clears throat> there's a music license, there's a video license, there's a streaming license, and then you offer this other product called Song Select. Can you just give us a brief description of what each of those um, are? Absolutely. 
the church copyright license, sometimes people just call it the CCLI, but mm-hmm. um, for our terminology, it's the CCL. It's the church copyright license uh, from which really our company got started over 30 years ago. And that license is the most common license that churches purchase uh, with us, and they use it so that they can make reproductions of sheet music and of lyrics, whether it be physical photocopies and prints or digital copies. And then they're also able to, to record their services. There's a limited mechanical right that's included in this license that allows them to record for shut-ins and for folks who can't make it to the service. Um, and then finally, there's also a translation right, where if a specific translation does not exist for a song that you're looking to use, uh, you can create a translation and use it within your church um, as long as it stays within your church and use it for your services. So those um, are the key elements um, in the church copyright license. Um, The streaming license was added originally as the podcast license, and then it became the podcast and streaming license. And today, Most churches are streaming, there's a bit less podcasting, but generally those rights are, the rights are still the same. The streaming license allows churches to stream their live worship services, um, to stream the songs that they are um, playing in those services. Um, They're able to post those worship services um, to third-party platforms such as Facebook, Uh, YouTube or their own proprietary website. And then it also allows for um, redistributing or rebroadcasting the video on demand sort of expectation that most people have with licenses uh, or with podcasts today. So um, a streaming license covers the actual composition being performed in the live church service to be streamed um, over the internet as well as podcasted in the traditional sense that many of us are familiar with. Um, Moving along to the song select uh, program, that's our sheet music distribution service that has lyric sheets, chord sheets, lead sheets, and vocal sheets that can be downloaded by churches to be used for their weekly services. So we receive product from publishers that then we create in our um, proprietary format and make available on Song Select through an annual subscription that churches purchase. Excellent. Oh, go ahead. Jay, would you like to share about the church video license? Yeah, we do have a, a video license and that's called the CVLI church video license. And um, basically what that allows you to do is show motion pictures and movie scenes uh, during a sermon or during the church service. And all the top studios and producers are are covered. So um, yeah, so we provide that license as well. Great, okay. Well, thank you so much for uh giving us a a very quick synopsis of those products and services that you offer. Um, So I get asked a lot of questions about copyrights and licensing and streaming. And um, can I stream, can I record it now, but stream it later? Can I do it on multiple platforms? I mean, there's just so many things. And 
every time I think I get a handle on something, uh, then I get another question and I get stumped because I don't know the answer. So then I have to do some research and then I'm still fuzzy on it. And I think I sort of represent um, the majority yeah. of people right now. <laughs> so so let's yeah. dive into some of these questions that I, I know you're getting and that um, a lot of us are getting uh, concerning because we all want to we you know, we want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that our artists are paid for what they do. Uh, we want to stay within the legal framework that has been set out for us, for churches, for all of us. And so I, I and I love that desire that comes from people that ask these questions because they want to do the right thing. And, and um, so, yeah. So let me ask this. What exactly can a church do with a CCL live streaming license? Yeah, well, uh, Nate, I can take this one. Great. Um, so what you can do with the CCLI streaming license is you can live stream songs performed in your church service um, or your preferred social media or streaming platform. Um, this also includes video conferencing platform as well. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of people are meeting over Zoom calls and stuff. So um, this license will allow you to do that. Uh, you can record and archive live songs performed in your church service for future playback. Uh, you can also upload your church service to your website, social media site, or your favorite streaming service. Um, and you can embed and include background lyrics in the stream itself. Um, Nate, Great. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that or um, add anything else. No, I think that's great. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, some of some of the questions might bring back some of these answers again, but in a mm-hmm. you know because um, we all encounter different kinds of scenarios. So I might ask that question again, and and I don't think that uh, people will mind hearing that answer again. Yeah. Um, so another big question is about using tracks, pre-recorded artist tracks, or music videos from YouTube, and using those in the worship service that is being live streamed. So can you tell us how we can do that legally? So today, the uh, church streaming license relates to the underlying composition of songs. So when we talk about pre-recorded um, tracks or, or YouTube, things of that nature, those are not covered under the church streaming license at this time. During this unprecedented time that we're currently in, I know that publishers are um, making those rights available because they see the need that the church has to, whether it's stems that are a part of their, the worship songs that they're performing or background music, you name it. Um, but as far as our license through CCLI at this time, it covers just the underlying composition. Um, there is work that we're hoping in the future we'll be able to provide Uh, master recording rights, but at this time, that's not the case. Uh, One thing I'll add as far as YouTube is uh, YouTube's videos are governed by their own set of terms and conditions. So if you're taking a YouTube video and then um, you're trying to play that or broadcast that over another platform, then you're theoretically having to look at YouTube's terms and then the other platforms terms such as zoom to figure out if both would authorize that sort of activity. But what we do know is that YouTube is for personal use only. 
And so definitely the streaming license doesn't provide any coverage for YouTube and the church would have to go to YouTube to see if they feel comfortable based on how they interpret the terms. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that, Jay? Uh, no, I think, uh, well, actually, yeah. So, um, in the terms is that this is the stream is allowed as long as it's performed by your worship team in your usual place of worship. So a lot of people ask, well, my usual place of worship has changed. It's not at church. It's now in my living room, or it's now in a place where we're doing recording the live stream. And so um, another thing, just to add on to what Nate was saying, currently during the, the this time of pandemic, um, usual place of worship is a fluid term. And so pre-recorded tracks by your worship team, worship teams are allowed. So if you record it in one place and then want to use that recording for your stream that you're going to show on Sunday, um, that is allowed. Yeah. So just to clarify, uh, just to say it one more time. So a pre-recorded artist tracks, you know, um, somebody famous that we all love to listen yes. to, um, be it a Christian singer or non-secular, uh, those we cannot use in our, we can't just uh, pull those into our um, services and stream them because those are not covered through CCLI. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the recording, let's say the worship band records uh, offsite, like we're seeing today, recording at home and then broad, rebroadcasting it. Um, even that activity, the pre-recording isn't technically covered under our agreements. The agreements say that it's, it's streaming your live worship service and that's the intent. But as we're seeing during these unprecedented times, it's, it is very fluid and publishers are doing their very best to say, yes, that's fine. You guys could do that. We just want to allow churches to continue to worship as best as they can under the circumstances and use our works. But I think once we get back to a time of normalcy, um, that's when churches need to be careful to remember that the streaming license, the purpose of it is to take that live worship experience that you're having on Sundays or whenever your weekend services or weekly services are, and you can take that and stream it. And then that stream can also be made available after the fact through the platforms. Okay. Yeah. And that's been a question that's been asked a lot too, is um, can I uh, pre-record the whole thing, the whole live stream, you know, you hit the record button and then share it again another time. So, um, and, and that is okay during this time. That is, that is very specifically spelled out in our agreements that that live stream that you recorded can be made available on demand. So it can be viewed at a later time. Of course, we're seeing this on Facebook um, and, and YouTube and on a church, on a church's own website, they could do the same. That is included agreements. Good. Okay. Yeah. I think that answers a lot of questions out there because that, as I said, that's one that I keep getting over and over again in various ways. Um, so another question that I see a lot is, um, about the song lyrics. Can we show the song lyrics when we stream our worship service? Absolutely. Uh, the ability to replicate lyrics is covered under the CCL license. Um, 
And so streaming those lyrics within the video um, is covered in North America, at least. <laughs> um, in, in diff actually, I must say that um, the lyrics are covered, I, I believe, around the world under CCL. There's just specific minor differences in different countries where you have to be aware of local law, but um, definitely in North America and in most countries, the lyrics are covered. Okay. Now, another way I've seen this done is that um, the on a church's website, they'll say, we're going to stream our worship service at 11 o'clock. Here's an order of worship for you to download, and here are the lyrics. Is that legal? <laughs> we're seeing that a lot on our end as well. Um, that is, I, I'd say that's a gray area. Um, during these unprecedented times, we look at it and say, well, sometimes churches are making copies of lyrics and including them in a bulletin. And that's definitely covered under our licenses and the terms of service. So we have been providing guidance to churches saying, we think you're going to be fine if you've included the lyrics in this virtual setting. Um, but the hope would be don't make those lyrics available to the world, we would like for it to be closed if at all possible, or at least time-based, because the rights to reproduce those lyrics still reside with the owner of the copyrights. So we're trying to protect, protect that as much as possible. And so what do you consider a good time frame for the lyrics to stay up, um, since you're saying that you know an on-demand uh, worship service is okay to have, um, I mean, what would your suggestion be? Six weeks, three months? Is that too long? Are we talking two yeah. weeks? I, I just, I wouldn't leave them up indefinitely. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I, I think a church is going to know, um, hopefully they have some analytics to tell how far back people are going and, and reviewing those. But I think if you've got those lyrics up there past a few months, um, it's probably a good idea. To take them down but there it once again this is a gray area where it's just discretion discretionary and the concern on my end is that you post those lyrics that technically you don't own and you're sharing them with the world um in perpetuity it's probably not the best thing <laughs> mm -hmm. okay all right so i'm on um our umc facebook uh page for musicians umc music um, I asked people to give me some questions to ask you guys. So hopefully I'm not going to stump you on anything. But <laughs> I think you all uh, know the answers to all of these. Now, Kathy asked, how far in advance should we ask for performance live stream permissions? If we're talking about under the streaming license, you don't have to ask for per permission. Those rights are covered. Um, if you are posting your uh, stream to YouTube, there's one thing that we haven't touched on, and that is the fact that the copyright owner has the right to monetize those video streams since their work is being used. So um, that is a key element in ensuring that your video stream doesn't get taken down. Um, mm -hmm. There's a question at the beginning that prompts whether you own the work that's included in the stream and you want to make sure that you um, choose the option that says, no, I don't 
own the song. And that allows the publisher through audio fingerprinting to identify the song and claim it. And if down the road um, they want to put ads or other things on there, they are able to do it since they're using, um, since you're posting to YouTube. But um, you don't have to give forewarning. I don't think there really is a mechanism for doing that on the streaming services. And that activity is covered under our streaming license. Great. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Mary Frances asked, is there a master list somewhere with which company represents uh, which publisher? Trying to look on multiple sites is difficult and the search tools are not easy. So do you have an answer for that? We think the best option would actually be to use uh, songselect.com. Uh, in order to use it to identify the publishers, you would have to have a free account. So you just have to set up a login. But um, once you log in, you can view the associated metadata that applies to a song and see who the administrators are. Um, if a song doesn't have content on Song Select, there's an option to expand the results to see all songs that are covered by CCLI, and it includes the administrator information for those songs as well. So um, as far as websites that we're connected with, we think Song Select is a great option. And, and as you said, you don't have to purchase that, right? There is a free you, version of that. There is a free version. And you'll also get access to any public domain uh, songs with that since those are free to use. So by signing up, maybe you'll find a chord lead or vocal sheet that you want to download in the process and use for your Sunday services. Great. Uh, that's great information because I get a lot of questions about public domain hymns and um, and I send them to hymnary.org a lot of times because that's a really good place to check. Mm -hmm. um, and but having the song song select um, is a, another great way to do that. Thank you. Yeah. Charlene asks, do they recommend putting the license number on the first screen of a recorded streaming worship service? Where should um, it go? What, there isn't a requirement in the streaming terms of service that you put your license number in the video or actually in any, any place. But what we're seeing that works well for churches is just to put your streaming license number in the description if it's on YouTube or if it's on Facebook. If you want to put it out there to, to show that this is authorized, uh, put it in that metadata so that it can be searched for and found or clearly identified. And you don't have to, um, you know, add a title card at the beginning that shows a license number. It's definitely not a requirement, but it is a best practice to include it in the description. Okay, that's good to know, because I often um, recommend to people, be sure and put the CCLI number um, as a comment or at the end of your uh, video, if you if you're using you know some sort of PowerPoint, um, so yeah, yeah, and it, with the CCL um, license, historically there's been a requirement to include uh, information on the copyright, the the songwriters, the administrator, but with the streaming license specifically, there isn't an additional requirement. Um, but we think it is it is a good idea if, if you want to ensure that folks who are finding it know that it's uh, covered under your license to include it. Great. Thank you so much. 
So we had another question come in. It actually is a four-part question asking about um, clarification on what the streaming license covers. So uh, Taylor asks, um, does it cover music that's in your catalog pre-recorded by a owner within a service where the whole service is pre-recorded in real time, possibly edited a bit, and then premiered later? So here's where it gets into the gray area. Uh, our agreements say that it's a live worship service. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we're pre-recording it, possibly editing it, premiering it later. We're seeing this happening a lot during this current situation, but um, it, we try to go by the letter of the law in our agreements as far as what we recommend to churches, especially once we're outside of this current pandemic. And in, under normal circumstances, no, you wouldn't be authorized to pre-record your service, period. Um, so then the editing wouldn't be an option and premiering it later. The point is to take that worship service that is happening on Sunday morning or whenever, and you are streaming it as it's happening live. And then it can also be played back at a later time who weren't able to, for those who weren't able to attend that live service. But I will, I will say that today we are seeing many who are doing what, what is uh, described here in option number two. And I think publishers are allowing that. We're just not in a position at CCLI to say, yes, you're authorized to do that because that right to do the pre-recording actually hasn't been granted to us. So we can't grant it to churches. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I totally get the gray area and also understand the fact that um, people can't gather to in, in uh, you know, the whole worship team can't gather together at the same time, generally speaking. So pre-recording different parts of it is what's happening and then uh, um, making it, putting it all together, producing it so that it becomes one more fluid piece for Sunday morning. So, yeah, I, I get the gray area part on it, and I appreciate that, how you answered that for us. So um, another question from Taylor is, uh, does it cover music in the catalog pre-recorded by a licensed owner in, at any time since owning the license and then assembled into a service whose parts are recorded at several times for later premiere? This is very similar to what we just covered. So um, not covered in under normal circumstances. Okay. All right. And then finally, um, does it cover only music in the catalog in a fully live streamed service in real time? Bingo. So that's the <laughs> sweet spot for our streaming license. You perform it live and then you stream it at the same time. Woohoo! That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, in, in your experience, um, do you have any other um, caveats for us as in terms of how we go forward from here? What you would say to us so that we stay uh, in in um, doing this right and and doing yeah. this in a legal yeah. way because it seems from what I'm hearing we're not going to go back to normal 
we're not, mm-hmm. and there's this new normal, but what is a new normal? It seems like online worship is here to stay and for yeah. the foreseeable future. So help us mm-hmm. think about that. Sure. Well, you know, streaming and broadcasting and webcasting, um, it's a it's a very, there are so many layers of complication. Um, and, you know, streaming is this weird mix of all these different rights. Um, it's in some ways you're like a radio station, some ways you're like a TV station. And so there's all these things to take into consideration. Um, but I, I think probably the thing I would advise is, um, and it sounds like the churches are doing this, but yeah, just be sure you read terms and agreements carefully. Um, I know a lot of the problems um, that churches are having are with takedowns and um, you know, whether it be on Facebook or YouTube, um, and that's because they have their own content ID system. And, um, and, you know, we're seeing that churches are getting creative in wanting to connect with their congregation. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, just be, just read the terms and conditions carefully for each platform that you decide to use. Um, and, but what we do love seeing is that, you know, churches, this is causing churches to become creative in how they connect. And, um, and, you know, we're all being stretched, but I think at the same time, um, it, it's really amazing to see churches being able to connect with people that maybe they weren't able to connect with before. So. Well said. I agree. Yeah. We, as we said earlier, you know, this, um, this has created some interesting opportunities for new collaborations and new community mm-hmm. building and, um, and, and I think the church is stepping up and doing that and helping people not to feel isolated, even if they are physically distanced from another. Well, I appreciate both yeah. of you so much for being um, my guests today and um, talking with us today about um, some of these questions that keep getting asked about how do we do this right? Um, and and just introducing all of these different um products and services that you offer at CCLI. It's a great organization, and I appreciate that so much. I want to thank all of those who are listening today for joining us. We hope this has been helpful to you, and remember that you can find more information at our website at www.umcdiscipleship.org, and also remember that there is a Facebook page for UMC Musicians, and, um, and I moderate that page, and so if you want to join, just send me um, and uh, go on Facebook and ask a, a request. So until next time, we at Discipleship Ministries will be praying for you and for your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.